You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hello, welcome to the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. It's me, Alfie, your host. You know that already. I'm here, I'm hosting. I don't need to explain that. Uh, welcome to this podcast. This is the very first podcast of the FPL Hot Squad. Oh, it sounds groovy. Yes, so this season the plan is to do two podcasts to run simultaneously if they don't destroy my life. Uh, one is the FPL Hot Squad, which is this. We're going to have um, FPL people only. And the other podcast will be uh, Das Boot Room, which is more generic football chat, more generic chat. And if anything, we'll lean on draft. There'll probably be a bit more nonsense going on there. But this FBL Hot Squad, uh, on this episode today and probably going forward, I've got Will, uh, a.k.a. Top Marks, and I've got Matt Kearney, also known as Bowstring the Cup. Now, uh, Will is a prolific community writer for Fantasy Football Scout. Uh, he's an old friend uh, that I knew through an ex-girlfriend of mine. Uh, we only came together again recently through Twitter on the community. How sweet. Uh, he was telling me that he started playing FPL, got interested, and he studied how to play. Yeah, he studied how to play. His last four finishes have been 26,376, then 12,785. Then he got better again, 4,043, and last season was 12, Sorry, 2,774. Definite improvement. However, he is a Spurs fan. So don't hold that against him. Now, Matt, uh, like I said, known on Twitter as Bowstring the Cup, he's also been a community writer for Fantasy Football Scout. His uh, best FPL ranks, this is in uh, descending order or ascending order, depending how you want to look at it, 12,000, 3,754. Yeah, and that wasn't good enough. 126. I mean, shut up, mate. Shut up. That's well Larry, that, isn't it? Yeah, but he's a Swindon fan. <laughs> Good luck with that. So on the FPL Hot School, we still like to have a giggle, but I really want to use it as a learning curve to get better at FPL. You see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a drafter and other football worlds, but I'm yet to conquer the official Fantasy Premier League world. Uh, I'm here to win. I'm not here to mess around, all right? So uh, let's listen. Hey, just thought I'd let you know that with the recording... Uh, we did have some trouble with some technical difficulties, as you do when you're a bit rusty. I was definitely a bit rusty with my production. Bit of trouble with the delay on Matt's call. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll share this with you. So this is the sort of things we were dealing with. Man City are probably going to... If... Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> there was loads of that. But uh, we managed to fix a few things during the recording and things worked okay and we will get better. Um, both Will and Matt say things that I find fascinating and I hope you will too. Uh, and if they're not useful, it doesn't matter. It's just a game, isn't it? That I will win one day. Okay, good. Enjoy. Go on, Matt, I want to hear Matt's team. Have you got any City players in there? Um, I've none at the moment. Um, obviously, with the, the blanking game week one, it makes them a bit difficult to to kind of navigate around because you're likely going to have a lot of money on your bench in game week one. Um, you know, I, I with David Silva gone, I'd like to think 
Foden is going to get a, maybe more or less the same time as last season, but obviously they've that new guy uh, is a Tor- Torres, Fernand Torres. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, He's going to be tasty. He's going to be tasty. Yeah, um, I mean, Foden, Foden is only 6.5 million. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 6.5 million. If, if he can get a, a run of games under his belt, I mean, Jesus, it's going to be hard to turn him down at that price. Um, I'd like to see what the situation with Aguero is. I mean, he's probably his, his cheapest he's been in FPL in the last few years. Mm. Um, obviously, w- with his age, and we might see this might be the season where his game time is cut back a little bit. Um, but I mean, City or City, there's always going to be, um, you know, they're always going to be scoring goals and their, their players are always going to be valuable assets in, in FPL. So I, I'd just like to wait for the first couple of weeks and try and see who's who's looking good. It'll probably be Sterling if I'm looking for someone safe and Foden if I'm looking for a punt. Well, City are going to win the league, aren't they? I think, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I mean, City probably will win the league. Probably. <laughs> Sitting on the fence. Do you think they will win the league, Will? I think City will be there or thereabouts again. I actually fancy them to win the league, yeah. Gosh, so much. Put, I'm glad you came off the fence then, to be fair. Well, it's, it's difficult. I think um, <laughs> I do think City uh, will improve from last season and um, I think Liverpool might have a little bit of... Um, they might go back a bit. So let's see. Let's see what happens. I was going to say, I agree I with... The key um, thing is injuries. I mean, if Liverpool stay injury-free, I do think it will be close again this season. Um, I mean, you could say the same about, you know, Chelsea and, and United as well. I mean, they've all strengthened, except Liverpool. I mean, the team that's won the league is probably the, the team that hasn't strengthened um, out of the maybe top four, top five. So um, I think it'll be... You know, I mean, City will be the favourites, but I don't think it'll be as convincing. I mean, if Chelsea signings, um, you know, gel together pretty quick, I think they could do quite well. Um, and like that, if, if City get another injury to maybe a key player like Laporte or or Sterling or something, you know, it'll be interesting though. Mm, yeah, you have to say that um, Laporte injury cost City big time last season. Will, uh, what are your thoughts? I agree with uh, Matt's choices about Man City. I was at one point I was looking at having Foden on my bench um, game week one to play him game week two. I think Wolves uh, could struggle a little bit. They've got uh, they've sold Doherty, obviously. Vinagra's mm. um, not the world's greatest defender. He's very young. They've well, obviously brought in Marcel. Yeah, they've brought in Marcel. Um, and you would but, think, I mean, he's a first-teamer for Lyon for the last two seasons, isn't he? So He's also 31 years old. And I think they they brought him in partly because they needed some cover in that position with Johnny out long-term. But they've got Johnny long-term. You know, they're not going to buy a replacement for Johnny. They want to buy a more experienced backup player. Mm. So I think... Vinagra still starts and he will only drop out of the team if he does particularly badly, which is possible. I just have a feeling, I, yeah, Wolves, you know, you, you know, they're the best, in my opinion, the best defensively organised team in the division. They anticipate uh, being in defensive shape very well. They're very hard to break down and Impressive. they could have got more clean sheets last season. Um, and in 4.5, I'm, you know, I've got Vinagra in my team at the moment. Um, my point was, I think City can still do well in game week two. Foden would be an option. You make the point about Torres. Um, seven mil, isn't he? Uh, Torres. Yeah, seven mil, it could be good. 
and I agree with Matt about Sterling. He's the he's the Man City player I'd be looking at too. I think if in midfield because I think he's he's a naturally fit player. He doesn't need you know unlike someone like Kane who you watch, you think God he needs a few games to get up and running. Sterling, someone who's who's just there. He doesn't need much pre-season. He's he's involved in games. I think that's a real bonus at the start of the season. The other tactical plan is maybe do I start with Kane who's ten point five. Um, and if he doesn't look fit and sharp, just switch to Aguero immediately because Aguero is not being talked about enough. And if he's okay and if he's fit, mm. then he's a really great option as well. One striker I did want to talk about and... For some reason, I have I backed this guy to the hilt last season and it paid off. Uh, but I'm not so sure about this season. That's Jamie Vardy. Um, it could be that maybe he's lost a yard or two. And also, at the back end of last season, this year, uh, post-lockdown, Leicester did struggle. So, do we put Vardy in the team? Well, I'm actually going to start with Vardy. Um I mean, he's in there at the moment. Anything could change by the weekend. Um, I think there was like a table up recently. Um, I think it was all like attacking players and how they they fare off like in terms of XG, non-penalty XG. And I think Vardy and Salah and a few others like Sterling were up there. Um, I mean, of course, Vardy does take a lot of penalties, but he does always seem to be involved when Leicester do well. Um yeah, it will be interesting to see how they how they do early on. I, I can't really remember if they're a team that start off well or not. But, um, I mean, they certainly have nice fixtures. And, you know, Vardy's 10 million. If, if he was, I probably would be happier if he was 10.5 because for the same reasons Will said there, at least you can jump onto Aguero or Kane. Whereas mm. I feel like I have to leave maybe 0.5 in the bank in case I need to jump up. Because there's no way I want to take a point tick going into game week two to try and find that extra money. Mm. So, um, but you made yeah. you made an interesting point there, Matt, and that's the fact that you know, when Leicester do well, Vardy's involved. But I just don't think they'll do well. To be yeah. honest, yeah. Uh, so, are we going to keep talking about fancy sort of like uh, shiny players, or shall we get dirty and dig for some gold? What I was going to talk about, um, and this is a question, a debate I'm having with myself is I'm trying to work out value in... Because FPL is really a game about, a game about value. It's about which Gold players mining, have been underpriced. Yeah. yeah, you've got to find them. And obviously, the, the premium expensive players, you've got the captaincy. So that kind of negates the value question for them. But any player you're not thinking of making your captain, you've got to ask yourself, is he going to deliver enough points for his price? Um, so one way I like, I've been thinking of it is... I want players who I think will deliver 25 points for every million that they're worth. So okay. looking at Doherty, um, 6 million, will he deliver 150 points? Yeah, I think he probably will. So that's why I think his value. Do I think um, Robertson, 7 million, will deliver 175 points? Yeah, yeah, I think he probably will. He will. So that's how I'm looking at it. And it, then that kind of skews everything towards defenders because if you look at lower price, cheaper price players tend to, um, in defence and in goal tend to offer great value. The argument against this is 
look at starting season prices. So last year we had Danny Ings, who was 6 million and scored just, just under 200 points. That's incredible value. Mm. That's like, that's like what, nearly 33 points per million. That's great value. So the problem with looking at this, if you use, you know, on FPL, if you go to value season, the problem with looking at those results is it's all based on their current price. What you want to find and forwards and, and mids can have this, their prices will go up quicker because they'll be more popular as those are the players people want to buy. Um, but because of their prices going out quicker, they so the value will reduce. Therefore, just get get on them early. Find out which players in that sort of six million range are the ones that could deliver a two hundred point season because they'll be better value than the defenders because it's unlikely, apart from maybe the Liverpool defenders, you'll get over two hundred points mm. for anyone costing six million. Which which means you must have someone in mind. I mean, um, I think Mitrovic would be one to watch. I mean, when yeah. Leeds get the fixtures, uh, you know, Mitrovic, he, he, I think he. He was with Fulham the last time in the Premier League and he did quite well. Um, I mean, I watched him last night uh, playing for Serbia and, you know, he got some good chances. He probably, one chance he probably should have scored, but he was involved a lot. And um, I I don't know what the story with Leeds is. If he'll be on penalties, I I don't really know a whole lot about them. Um, Fulham, you mean? But yeah, I mean, he's got a bit of Premier League pedigree and a million, you know. It'd be interesting to see how it goes. Well, the, yeah. the forwards, uh, there's not a lot to choose from for the forwards, isn't there? I mean, you've got a lot of six million, what I would say, bog standard forwards that could yeah. potentially score nine goals in a season or 10, but nothing more than that. And the ones that are 4.5 don't even play. You've got a lot of five million strikers who don't even play. I mean, I did a thing on Twitter. I mean, It'd be interesting to see what price uh, Callum Wilson comes in. Mm. Well, he'd normally be 8.5 or some nonsense like that, wouldn't he? I'd love it if he was like seven million. Um, I mean, he's he's. I hope they price him as a Newcastle player, you know, around that kind of. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or. <laughs> or all, all their midfielders but, uh, are five million. Yeah, I mean, brilliant. yeah. Hopefully they he they just kind of slip him in around the same price as the others. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's another kind of budget kind of Jamie Vardy that when the team he's playing with are playing well he's usually involved so kind of a talisman player um be interesting to see if he still has penalties um i don't know but newcastle certainly have the fixtures early on for players in that price bracket to take a bit of a gamble so um i mean we just don't know if they're going to have the quality like if almiron is going to have the form if sam maxim is going to be able to link up with you know the players we would see have to wait and see Hey, it's me again. I'm just interrupting very briefly. I promise I'll be gone in a second. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, fantastic. If you're like, you're not really, but you can't bother to turn it off, that's great as well. I'm happy with that. Now, I'm actually here to tell you about the other podcast I released the other day. Uh, that is uh, with Phil Dorks, who's a sports journalist uh, and a Leeds fan. And it's I thought I'd just call him up and get his lowdown on all the Leeds players for FPL because they're all really low priced, aren't they? And stuff like that. Anyway, have a listen to that. You can find it on the link uh, or on my Twitter page or through somewhere. Okay. And other stuff is Desert Island Goals. That was a short project I did during lockdown. People talking about their favourite goals. That's about it, really. Right. Let's get back to this podcast with Will and Matt. 
I have to say, all this talk about fantasy football has got me very excited. Uh, Will, um, I think you had something more to say about um, value and defence. So as I, as I was saying, I think Trent and Robbo both offer value at 7.5 and 7 million. Um, Doherty, uh, I did an article this with a fantasy football scout and I looked at how Mourinho has used those wide players. And the sort of question came down to whether you think Doherty's going to just simply do what Harry does in the team, uh, which, which is, is make what? crosses, yeah, make crosses from out wide, or do you think he's actually going to use some of his own attacking attributes, his own skills, when he would sort of underlap the wide player? So Traore might go wide right, mm. and Doherty drives into the box, underlaps him to get into the box for the, for the cross. And I think looking at how Mourinho's used fullbacks, right fullbacks previously in his career. So Ivanovic, Mykon, the two big examples. Um, I think you're going to see Doherty getting into the box. So I don't think we're going to see a drop in in goal output from him. I think, think that's how Mourinho plans to use him. I think he's going to It's a really simple tactical tweak for Spurs to make. Instead of having, you know, Moura staying, Moura just goes wider. And he lets lets uh, Doherty underlap him, and it won't happen all the time. Sometimes Doherty will will be out, will be probably majority of the time he'll be out wide, crossing. But there will be, you know, unlike Aure, who really wasn't good at driving into the box, you'll see that from Doherty. And because Moore is such a who I think will start in that sort of the right of the front three, or, or the, you know, the players behind Kane, because he's a he's a tactic, tactically intelligent player, I think he will be able to move outside and accommodate that kind of change. Um, so I think six. You look, you know, Ivanovic when he got when he was with Chelsea, and Chelsea got eighteen clean sheets in uh, when they won the title. I think it was twenty fourteen fifteen, and Ivanovic got one hundred seventy nine points, and he was priced at seven million and went up to seven six. I'm not suggesting Spurs are going to win the league and get eighteen clean sheets, but uh, I am suggesting he's going to get attacking returns. Doherty's going to get attacking returns, and I'm also suggesting Tottenham are going to improve and, and have shown signs of improvement defensively. Um, so I think they're in general, I think their defenders are undervalued. So looking at the defensive options, the names that you've mentioned, Robbo, Trent and Doherty all so far, but yeah. they are the most owned percentage wise as well. Great. Nothing wrong with that. They're, they're good players. But isn't the idea to get the percentage down or differential as it's known, isn't the idea to get the percentage down so you have players that no one else does? Well, to, to an extent. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong in having, you know, five or six players that are highly owned. I mean, you know, the, just because someone is 50% owned and you have another guy who's 50% down another guy, it doesn't mean that he's in every single one of those teams, you know. And essentially, you know, if you have the likes of Aubameyang, Salah, uh, Trent, you know, there's going to be areas of teams where you're going to have to cut corners and maybe get a certain, a couple of budget players in. And, you know, you've got to remember players that are highly owned, they will be owned a lot by casual players. And it's the players that we get in where our budget is restricted that might give us the edge over the more casual player. Um, you know, someone might necessarily know if, you know, Brewster is going out on loan. So that might be something that we can exploit and have a player as backup at, at 4.5 million, you know, where our budget is cut short. Um, so now I, I probably have gone on about it in the past, but um, I, I think it's more so when comparing two players, kind of like, um, I, I think I wrote a couple of articles before um, about VORP, uh, value over replacement player. 
So it's like if you, let's say, have a 15 million budget, it's how you can use that most effectively. Like, so do you buy, let's say, two seven and a half million players or do you get a premium, like, let's say, I don't know, Sterling and, and a 4.5? Well, I know that adds to 16, but you get the gist. Um, well, the other thing about differentials is is the idea of a combination. So I think Simon March talked about this on Fancy Football Scar. You, you, a player might be highly owned, but say you've got three highly owned players. Look at how many people own that combination, and you'll find it's much lower. So they can be. A, it depends how you how you look at a differential. You, you grouping them together. You know, it's like. Um, Let's go and triple Liverpool defence or something. If Liverpool get a clean sheet, well, everyone's going to benefit from that. So how do you really get benefit from it? Do you go double up? Or maybe everyone's going to have a double up at some point in the season. So then go for a triple up. You know, just not necessarily Liverpool either. Could mm. be, you know, any team that's performing well. It depends how you, you want to get advantage and the, and the risk you want to take. Okay. Okay, I get that. Um, one thing though, um, yeah. Ben Davies, the Spurs left back, is priced at five million as compared to Matt Doherty's six million. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go for Ben Davies over Doherty? Bear in mind that he's one million cheaper. Yeah. I mean, they could potentially produce the same amount of points, right? Well, as I was saying earlier, I think uh, if you look at the way I'm looking at value, is that I think twenty-five points per million is a good sort of rule of you know, guide for how many points you're going to get. So do I think Doherty is going to get 25 more points than Ben Davis over a season? Yes, I do. So that's why I've gone with Doherty. Mm-hmm. Right, fair enough. Can't argue with that. Matt, how's your defence looking? Yeah, at the moment, um, I'm playing three five two, but I'm struggling to kind of find a fifth midfielder or a third attacker um, in that kind of six and a half, seven million bracket. So I'm kind of keeping an eye on what... Um, Callum Wilson is going to come in. Uh, um, but I, I'm kind of thinking now, will I just play four at the back and get, like Will says, someone like Doherty at six million, as opposed to taking a punt on someone like Sam Maxim, Sam Maximan or whatever his name is, mm. at five and a half million. Um, so, I, I mean, Doherty is probably the safer pick. Like, I mean, it's it's probably uninspiring picking a defender, but when they've got attack and threat and a bit of creativity, um, you know, we we probably should. Maybe it's a bit of an old way of looking at the game from from my point of view, at them as defenders and more, you know, uh, kind of defensive wingers almost. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of veering towards after what Will said. Um, maybe putting in another premium defender like Doherty. Um, but yeah, at the moment my defense is Trent, um, and then I think I'd four four and a half millions. Uh, so I think I've James Justin or Justin James, whatever that guy off Leicester <laughs> is. Um, I've James Justin James Walker Peters. Um, God, I, I think I had Matt Target in there when there was rumours of him moving to. I can't remember what team he was linked with now. Um, and I think I have Mitchell off Crystal Palace in as my last defender at four million. But it looks like it looks like Van Anhalt is back in training. So, yeah, I mean, there's no big updates on PBAs there, but we just hear that he's in training. But they're definitely going to want to push him into the first team pretty quick, I imagine. Uh, Will, uh, one thing I'm learning with FPL is that people like to plan their weeks, like to plan their transfers. Um, have you got your next moves lined up for the upcoming weeks? And I'm a bit like Matt. I think I'm, I might, you know, I want to bring Sterling in relatively soon, I think. I think he's going to be a good player. So it's sort of Aubameyang to Sterling maybe game week three. Hmm. But it's, it's, 
it's going to be very hard. I mean, you know, you look at, there are other people who play this game very differently. I remember I wrote an article a couple of years ago looking at, um, I think it was called Premium Dilemmas on Fancy Football Scout. And I, I talked about how you can't fit, you know, at that time there were six players costing over, costing over 11 million and you can't fit them all in. But Magnus Carlsen, who we know had a very good season last mm. year and was doing quite well at the time, I think he was, he was in the top 200. And he'd sort of totally skewed the balance of his team. So he had four heavy hitters in his team. So he'd taken all the money out of defence, all the money out of you know, the rest of his side, put it into those four premiums. So there is that way of going. There is that way of looking at it. If you think those players are going to score big. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that there's more of a... I'm hoping that the, the defenders are, are underpriced. And I think that's, that's why I'm sort of slightly favouring putting the money into defence and then rotating big hitters until we maybe get a better idea of, of the lay of the land and how things are going to be. Yeah, indeed. Plan to change your plans. That's what I say. Where did you finish, Will, in the end? Uh, 2,774. Did you really? Yeah. Mate, you were behind me for so long. And then, then very sort of coincidentally, a sort of pandemic happened and you beat me at fantasy football. To be fair, I was on the rise from about game week 21. Um, I made some bold decisions in that period up to game week 30. Like, I think there was one week De Bruyne just scored heavily and then everyone was saying, all right, you've got to keep De Bruyne. But I switched to Fernandez, and then Fernandez scored heavily. Um, and it was sort of bold decisions like that, that. That Yeah, I got a bit of momentum going. And I also felt, you know, I felt I was really unlucky in the first part of the season as well. I think, so, you know, people, him and I stuck on my bench all the time. I'd have a captain Aguero, and then he would, he'd miss like six chances. And, and people were getting vice captains for De Bruyne who did really well and it was just infuriating had lots of little things go against me and then I probably got more luck in the second half of the season so I think maybe my luck distribution was certainly partly you know why I was, I was about close to 1 million rank at game week 21 and um, then just shot up and finally Brilliant. got a bit of run I like that shot up. luck distribution <laughs> yeah I think I mean it, it happens because I mean it, you know you, of course you, it does you plan the yeah, but you plan also within your squad how you plan your the balance of your FPL squad, and and one of the things I was doing last season, I wanted to have a really good first sub, but then he never came on when I needed him, no. you know, and it was all that sort of stuff. But other people seemed to be getting the luck, and it's oh, just infuriated me. Um, but you know, not not to brag, I've had this is my fourth good season in a row. So You're I feel like right, yeah. I feel like this, yeah. So, but this is a real challenge now to keep it going and go for another another top ten k finish is is the challenge because it gets harder every season. Matt, where you were scrabbling around last season, where did you finish in the end? Yeah, um, I think I finished ninety eight thousand, uh, just inside the top one hundred k. Yeah, I mean, but that doesn't tell the whole story, really, is it, to our listeners? Because historically, Matt, you've had some amazing. Places. I had a good season. Matt's had. Um, truly exceptional seasons he was he was in the top five in the whole world <sighs> in uh, a couple of seasons ago and he dropped back to just outside the 200 but I was going to ask what was what was your approach at the start of the season then and were you I know you said you were casual but you must have had um because you talk about all these things like VORP and you obviously have quite strong ideas about the how you play the game the structure of the game yeah um 
I mean, I, I didn't really pay too much attention to to what everyone else was doing, you know. Um, like, oh, you have this player. I mean, I, I remember him if I thought he was going to do well over a certain period of time. And if it just happened to match the consensus, well, so be it. But there was other picks I just didn't really fancy and I didn't get them. And I, I think that season, everything just went right. I mean, I could have put in, you know... Um, uh, I know, like the worst defensive midfielder for 4.5 million, and he probably would have scored that week. It was just one of those crazy seasons, like that. Everything, every player I touched kind of turned to gold. And then compared to this season, it was like every player I touched turned to shit. So <laughs> it kind of balances out. But um, yeah, it, it got to the stage where I was kind of in the top 100, and then I was working top 50, top 10 then. But I found I was kind of overthinking things then. I was looking at percentages a lot more. I was playing a lot more passively. I was looking at players around me to see who would do damage, who wouldn't. And I think at that stage, I probably just should have continued and kind of put the blinkers on and kept doing my own thing. But uh, I, I think when you get to that kind of top 50, you know, you're probably not going to get another chance to kind of roll the dice at, at trying to win the overall thing. So, no, you, you know, you do have to it, take yeah. a gamble to a certain extent. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, this season, um, there, there's, you know, some promoted teams I don't know a whole lot about. There's a lot of new players from maybe the Bundesliga and stuff that I wouldn't have followed. So there's a lot of kind of unexplored areas and a lot of question marks over or over things early on. So I'll just be kind of paying attention to those things more so than the, the, the other kind of trivial, uh, you know, tasks that would normally come across in, in FPL. Mm. Indeed, indeed. It's the it's always the gold, mining for the gold. So, all right, I'm going to have to wrap things up. Good luck on game week one. Thank you. You too. <laughs> so sincere. Yeah. Maybe I'll make my team now. Yeah, you definitely got to do it now, Matt. Definitely. All right then. Yeah. See ya. See you later, guys. Take care. So that was um, a nice little chat with Matt and Will uh, with the... Now known as the FPL Hot Squad. First episode. Was it hot enough? Was it squad enough? Was it FPL enough? I think so. I think it will do for the time being, right? Uh, but they do bring out some interesting tactical points, actually. So we'll see how we get on throughout the whole season. Uh, don't forget to tune in to the uh, short podcast, special podcast, the lead special I did with Full Dorks. And also, further down the line, Das Boot Room which uh, may have more features and silliness. Um, hopefully you'll like all of them, but if you don't, that's fine. And if you do like them, I know I always bang on about this, and lots of everyone, people on podcasts always bang on. You have to like and share and tell people. But it really does make a difference because it's nice to know that you're making something and people are listening. Otherwise, I'm just a weirdo in a room. More often than not. Until next time. I see you soon.